Hey, I still recall the day the doctor told me that I was sick. Yeah, my mind keeps going back. It was a trip like I was thinking. He- Hello, everyone. I'm Marcus Staples, and this is Unpacking the Theology, the show that unpacks the reason behind the rhyme in Christian hip hop. In part three of our series on the believer's battle with sin, we'll be taking a look at Triple's track Prognosis from his album Between Two Worlds, put out by Reach Records. My first question is, how can we talk about sin without taking a look at Ephesians 2? One can't embody the believer's struggle with sin without taking a look at this track. And this track mostly focuses on the realization of sin, which is spelled out pretty clearly that everyone has in Ephesians 2. So, that's where our reading is going to come from today. It will be from Ephesians 2, verses 1 through 5. It goes, And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, like the rest of mankind. But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. Now this track uses metaphorical language as if sin were a medical condition. Uh, The stages that he goes through in this song are similar to the stages immediately after someone realizes they have a chronic life-threatening condition. Uh, ours, in this case, would be sin. The way he tells the tale is in three parts. The three parts are represented in the three verses, of course. The first one is receiving the diagnosis. The second one is the realization of the symptoms. That would be when you realize, how did you not notice this all along? That kind of moment. And the third is the coming to terms with the condition. So, let's start with verse one, receiving the diagnosis. There's a moment for every believer, usually in church, um, not always, but sometimes, when we're hearing a good law gospel sermon being taught, conviction happens. It's that moment when we suddenly go, oh man, I'm filthy, I'm a sinner, I need somebody or something to help save me. I can't do this on my own. Uh, Sometimes it comes when we're at the end of our rope, where we've tried and tried and tried and tried and tried, and we have come up short. And we realize, I can't keep trying like this because I haven't made any progress before and I'm not making any progress now. I need something or someone to help. So this would be the first part of the tale told in the song. He sets it up so it kind of takes place in a doctor's office setting. Um, That moment of realization, uh, which in a believer's life is their moment of conversion. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 says... And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. In their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. So until our minds are open, we're actually numb and blind to sin. That's why it hits us like a ton of bricks. Um, Like I was saying, we get to the end of our rope and realize we can't do it in that moment is is the moment of our conversion. It's the moment we truly see Christ for who he is and, and all his glory and what the sacrifice on the cross really meant. A trip explains this when saying, but honestly, man, I really should have seen the signs. I was blind. No, I couldn't read in between the lines. I was numb, so I couldn't feel my fever climb. My whole system was foul, like comedic lines. That is the 
him looking back and saying, how could I have not have noticed all these things going wrong? Well, as an unbeliever, as we just read it in Second Corinthians, we're literally blinded to our sinfulness until God opens our eyes. Now, the hook is simply what's going through the head of anyone who receives inevitable news of a terminal illness. We're not really going to spend much time on that, so let's move right along to verse 2. Verse 2 is kind of explained in the realization of the symptoms. It's kind of like that moment when you look back and say, man, how did I not know that I was sick with this illness? I mean, it was so obvious in hindsight. Well, you know, after the initial news of the condition and it that news begins to sink in, you always wonder, man, how did I miss it? That's what Tripp's doing in the second verse. He borrows many lines from Romans 3, verses 9 through 18. So, I'll read those. It says, And what then? Are we Jews any better off? No, not at all. For we are already charged that all, both Jews and Greeks, are under sin. As it is written, No one is righteous. No, not one. No one understands. No one seeks for God. All have turned aside. Together they have become worthless. No one does good. Not even one. Their throat is an open grave. They use their tongues to deceive. The venom of asps is on their lips. Their mouth is full of curses and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. In their paths are ruin and misery, and the way of peace they have not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. These are symptoms of our fallen nature, which emanates from all of us. When we're convicted of sin, we start to see the true depths of our sinfulness. Sin is such a part of us that unless God opens our eyes to it, we're completely blind. That's why when we look back and say, how did I not see all those wicked things I was doing, is we couldn't because we were dead. And being dead, how can you know you're dead? You can't. Jesus gives an example of how entrenched and deep our sin is in his Sermon on the Mount. When he uses the example of, if you even look on a woman in lust, you've already committed adultery. That's not some fancy way of saying, oh, don't look at women with lust. Well, yes, he's telling us not to. He's rather making an illustration of showing that since when a man looks upon a woman he finds attractive, those lustful thoughts just come naturally. It's not something that we have to think and concentrate on. It's just what happens. And that's how deep entrenched our sin is in us, is that we don't have to try to sin. It's just what happens unless we're trying not to. And even when we're trying not to, we end up sinning anyway. So keep that thought in mind as we go into the third verse. The third verse is the acceptance, kind of the, okay, I have this condition, now what do I do about it phase. Uh, Here, Tripp comes to terms with the hopelessness of his situation. Sin truly is a hopeless situation, at least for those apart from Christ. We already read we were dead in trespasses and sins. That means dead, deceased, devoid of life. Corpses, our spirits were. That's right. There is no coming back from that. How can what's dead come back to life? You can't. Dead is dead. And this verse of the song shows Tripp coming to terms with that. That no matter how hard he tried, his deadness was just that. Dead. But there is hope. At least there's hope for the believer. Romans 5 says, While we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one might dare even die. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. 
Trip comes to the realization that the only way to be brought back to life is a miracle. That miracle was Christ's penal substitutionary atonement on the cross. His death on the cross brought us life. We are no longer dead, but we are raised with him and given a new heart. God's standard is perfect, and no, we do not meet it. The only way we can get by is through the blood of Jesus. Repent, turn from your sins, and trust in Christ for forgiveness. Receive new life from him, for all your sins were paid for on a cross 2,000 years ago, according to God's plan to save sinners just like you and me. Amen. Well, that wraps up today's show. If you're benefiting from Unpacking the Theology, please let us know by sending an email to unpackingthetheology at gmail.com or leave us a comment on our Google Plus page or leave us a comment here on our website, unpackingthetheology.wordpress.com where you can find a link to buy this album by Trip Lee, Between Two Worlds. As always, if you have any songs you would like us to unpack, please drop us a line. We hope you can join us for our next unpack. Thank you, and God bless. I was told the gas standard is so high. My broken heart kept me from meeting his standard. So I just kept falling short over and over and over again. There really was nothing I could do. It was not looking good for me. I guess my question for you is, since God's standard is perfection, and none of us meet it, how do you plan on getting back? I know how I do. And to be honest,